0: Two brand new tickets are making their presence felt in D.C. From U Street to downtown. From Adams Morgan to Anacostia. Introducing the District Diamonds and 51st Scratchers from D.C. Lottery. Inspired by the District. Made for the District. With prizes up to $151,000. Grab them today from your local D.C. Lottery retailer. Because here in D.C., this is how we play. Please play responsibly. Hi there, my name is Dara Burke and it's Sunday the 15th of October and that means it's time for a brand new episode of The Big Bark. The Big Bark, listen up dog owners, it's for you, all you canine lovers, it's your favourite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host Dara Burke and canine co-hosts Bruno and Millie, The Big Bark. Welcome back to another episode of The Big Bark, the show that is Barking Mad About Your Dog where we discuss the hottest topics from the canine world, meet with canine professionals and chat dog owners about the bonds that make a dog man's best friend. Joining me as always are my canine co hosts Bruno and Millie. I'm joined virtually by Marcus from Next Life Ons and we will be joined a little later on by Dr Tim Kirby from PetBond.ie to talk about the effects of losing a pet and what that can mean for our mental health and our well-being. We'll be doing our Q&A with questions, as always, sent in by our followers. Marcus will be telling us a bit about his solution from Next Life Arms, which is a fitting memorial for your pet. So let's get kicked off and let's welcome Marcus first of all to the show. Marcus, welcome to the Big Bark.
1: Cheers! Thank you very much for having me, there. I really appreciate the opportunity
0: no problem at all so Marcus let's give you the spotlight for a small bit there Uh, go ahead and tell us about what it is you do and what you'll be chatting about this evening
1: so basically um, my partner and I we've come up with a great idea uh, to memorialise your pet we've created a living memorial that turns your pet's ashes into a tree or plant of your choice so basically um, instead of just you know getting the traditional means of getting her urn back and having it sit on a shelf or something like that, we allow you to watch your pet ashes grow into a new life.
0: Fantastic. And Marcus, how did you come up with this idea?
1: So the story is actually a little bit sad, unfortunately. Um, six months ago today, that's actually why my partner isn't joining us, uh, he lost his mum. And um, he was in the graveyard <clears throat> and he saw the the tombstone and he thought about there must be a better way to memorialize you know your loved ones so he came up with this idea and obviously he asked me to hop on board and I did and um, basically we thought why not be able to grow your pet's ashes or ashes into a tree and so Next Life Irons were was created
0: Fantastic and like obviously that's a very sad story and a very something positive has really come out of that and yeah. how has it been going gone for you so far?
1: I mean, it's been going very well. I mean, a lot of time, a lot of effort. Uh, in the beginning, we were like, I remember a few months ago when we started it all up. We were like, oh, this is great. Literally now in a week or two, we'll have the website up and running. And little did we know that there is so much more going into starting a business. You know, it's the first business that we started together um, or started either uh, by ourselves. And... Um, a lot, a lot of stuff, uh, you know, a lot of curveballs thrown our way and stuff like that. But I guess that's all part of the fun of starting a business. So, I mean, so far, the feedback has been great from customers and people who have uh, found out about our product. So things are going really well, thank God. Um, really appreciate all the support that our followers and people are giving us. So it's doing pretty well so far.
0: That's great. And I, I tell me, from your own experience, like, has it possibly happened to you Have you actually had an awful experience of losing a pet?
1: Yeah, just last Christmas, um, towards the end of the Christmas, I think it was December 29th or so, around there, um, my cat that I had for about 14 years, she unfortunately got cancer and it spread really, really fast. And within a matter of a week or so, she was... uh, Unfit, and unfortunately, she had to be put down in the vets. So yeah, and I guess that was another motivating factor of why uh, I found I took this product and this idea to such heart because, I mean, we have her ashes back, and they're just sitting in an urn on the shelves, and we just literally, I just put it one and one together and saying like, imagine being able to grow her into a tree, and re-watch her grow. So yeah, unfortunately, I have. I think it's one of the it's one of the toughest things about owning a pet, knowing that. Inevitably, I mean, anything can happen. So,
0: brilliant. And I'm going to bring in. I'm going to bring in Dr. Tim Kirby here from PepBond.ie. High. E. Uh, Tim has been on with us a number of times before. So, uh, Tim, uh, welcome back to the big Bark. Delighted to have you on
2: again. Hey, hey, Good to see you. And apologies, Darren, just yet again another technical challenge for me here. Uh, so
0: a yeah, look i'm used to those by now at this stage tim. tim we're talking about uh losing a pet and i know myself and yourself touched on this during a mental health episode last year um from a veterinary standpoint like you must see the grief that people go through on a constant basis when they'd be euthanizing their pets
2: oh absolutely gary you know it's really i suppose the one time you really get a true insight into the person themselves and the emotions and what it really does Gary, is the bond that people have with their pets and the relationship that they build up over time you know it's one of friendship it's one of trust it's one of dependency a lot of the time as well and i suppose when you're presented in that scenario and often it's a very difficult decision for the person to make number one to euthanize their pet sometimes It's due to old age, it could be due to a veterinary condition or a medical condition where we have to offer the person that option, really, that it is time to euthanize their animal. It's a really difficult time for them. There is, as I said, the emotion of losing the pet and all those thoughts going through their head as well. And, you know, you're asking them to make a rational decision, you know, at a very, very tough time for them. So it's one of the most challenging times in many ways for a star as well. But I would always say to people that it's one of the great privileges of being a vet, that you are there with people when they're making such an important decision and you can actually help them through it. So, you know, I can, as a dog owner myself, as a vet who's been there endless number of times with people, um, it's certainly a challenge and it certainly doesn't get any easier with people, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. And look, I know from my own experience, um, I did lose uh, my last dog, Coco, there about, that was, uh nearly five four and a half years ago and yeah. from my own experience it crushed me yeah. and for myself i think like what marcus here marcus from next life arms has come up with is a fantastic product away marcus do you want to tell tim a bit about your product there.
1: yes yeah, so basically um, my partner and i we've come up with this idea and basically it's an urn that turns your pet's ashes into a tree or plant of your choice so it's something that you could get and plant the ashes in and yeah. plant it as a unit in the ground and a tree will grow from it brilliant
2: i like that uh, very individual concept yeah pet. yeah
1: i think it's good i think it's a great opportunity for people to watch their pet grow again a second time and in an essence yeah
0: absolutely and i to be honest i would love to draw was an opportunity there like that when when we lost Coco. like we had to take uh the difficult decision like as tim you said with many care owners it would have to and like she wasn't well she had cancer as well so it, it was it was really hard but look you know it as well that like despite the impact it has on you grief for us you are making the right decision as well
2: yeah yeah
0: so what i'm going to do there now is i'm going to bring up our q a there uh we have a number of questions come in and to any of our viewers watching feel free to send in questions in the comment section underneath our Facebook and our YouTube streams. So you can send in questions that way too. I'm gonna add the questions here now to the stream here. These are ones that were sent in this week uh, through our app that we use, Slido. So I'm gonna just switch over to that there, here we go. All right, so let's just scroll up here a bit. All right, so obviously here, um, like we have a number of questions here that I'm gonna put to Bohi, uh different ones each. So the first one here is, what should I do with my pet's remains? Marcus, uh, tell us why. Like I like obviously, like we are encouraging people like to uh, use your product. It's a great product, and tell us why you would encourage people to to do to do something like this as a memorial.
1: Right, well, coming from personal experience, um, losing a pet isn't easy, of course. It's probably the last thing that you want to happen. Um, Well, I mean, from my personal experience, I have ashes sitting on a shelf as well at home. And I mean, yes, I feel a certain sense of connection towards them and stuff like that, but... I do feel that being able to watch them grow into a living tree in your backyard or in your front yard or something or a plant or somewhere that you can see it every day, I feel like you'd be more connected to it. You know, anytime, oh, yeah, that's Max's tree there. That's where Max is and stuff like that. You know, it just, I think it enables people to watch their pet grow for a second time. Fantastic. So.
0: Uh, Tim, I'm going to put the next one to you there. Uh, was you nice and my pet, the right to do? I was told he was in pain, so my gut says yes. But the look in his eyes broke my heart as he passed.
2: Yeah, that's actually a very, very common real-life scenario, Dara. So for this uh, viewer, they're certainly not in their own. And it's something that we're presented with literally every day of the week where we have to make the decision on behalf of the pet. And as I said, it's a very important decision to make. You know, and what we do is we use all the information, we use the best science, we use the best techniques available to give us that informed decision. And again, we have, I suppose, that unique opportunity on behalf of pets to make that decision for them on humane and welfare grounds. Whereas for humans, we don't, essentially, in the greater picture in life. So even though it is very difficult for people to do it, we have to be cognizant of the fact that if dogs are in pain and there isn't an opportunity to recover, then in the best interest of that animal, that is the correct decision, provided you have no other options of treatment and the dog's quality of life is being detrimentally affected. So as tough as it is at times, it is the right decision and people need to trust that, that all the information is being used in the right way to the benefit of the pet for such an important decision. So... For this person, you know, over time they will realise that yes, I did make the right decision at that time.
0: Very good, Tim. That's great information there. Uh so the next one that I have here is this is one here. Does the sadness ever leave you? Now I think that's a question I suppose that all of us could probably answer. Like I know for myself, uh, the answer is no. But I've taken I suppose how I, I've taken solace in like the fact I do have my own like my other two dogs here and as way I'll like I'll never forget uh, my last dog. Coco. I'll never the joy and everything that she brought into my life was unreal um what about Marcus what about you what do you think
1: um personally I don't think that it ever leaves to be honest I mean obviously you've spent a lot of time and you're very attached to you know your companion as an animal or a pet um I do believe that um over time, though, I think you should really be focusing on <clears throat> uh, thinking of all the good times, all the things that brought, like the pet brought you, um, happiness, unconditional love. And I think that you should dwell on the positives rather than the negatives. I mean, it is the, the circle of life. You know, everybody has their time to come. So, I mean, I think if you think about the positives and stuff like that, it really does help. But I do definitely think that the sadness does stay with you. But it just depends on how much.
0: Right, Tim?
1: Absolutely, Derek. I mean, certainly I don't
2: think it ever leaves you, but I do think it changes over time. So, you know, initially you're going to feel almost, you're going to be in a state of shock, that immediate grief. Then over time, I think there's almost a period of acceptance where you accept, that okay, this has happened, and unfortunately your pet is no longer with you. Then as it evolves even more, then you start to say, okay, how can I remember my pet, you know, and all the great times we had together. So you go through that cycle um, just as Marcus said, through different phases and different waves of it, but it's always there in the different guys that never do. But it does change.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's something that I suppose very hard to come to terms with, uh, especially here. Now, like, there's a question here: my young child has not stopped crying since losing our dog Snowy. I'm gonna assume Snowy was a lovely little white dog. Just. I could be assuming wrong. Uh, any tips on how to make her feel better? Like Tim, you you must see children especially come yeah. in, and it must be very hard.
2: It is, Dara. You know, and a lot of times the children they've grown up with the dog, so their earliest memories are with Snowy around, and now Snowy's gone. You know, and essentially it's a sibling to them. That's what you're dealing with here. And what I often say to parents is, you know, you have to explain it the eyes of a child. So there's no point in making a very complicated story or something very abrupt, this is something that has to be continuous in the child's imagination so that they process it over time. So you don't tell them, you know, that, okay, Snowy's gone and Snowy doesn't exist ever again. You tell them a story that Snowy's gone into another chapter in life where she's gone somewhere else at the moment and she's going to be very, very happy there as well and, you know, build a whole narrative around that and, you know, it's a positive transition into the next phase of her life, really, because that's how children are going to understand it. So, you know, they obviously know it, that Snowy isn't around, but you have to explain to them where she's gone to in a very meaningful way is the key here. And again, it's how you communicate that in language that children understand and children understand stories. And that's often the best way I say to parents, okay, get it straight in your head. How are you going to create the meaning in a story form for a child? And... That
0: seems to be the best way that, I, that, that we deal with it. Yeah, that that sounds very good to me. Um, yeah, like look, that actually reminds me of a story. Like of even when I when I did Lewis Corker myself, There's very very good friends of mine. I want to give um, a shout out actually, uh, Marshall and Colum. Uh, not sure if they're listening in this evening. And their daughter, Alex, who, who would have when she was very young, she would have actually. Um, grown up knowing my dog very well and would like often if we met Hofton today we'll give my dog a hug and everything and trying to like it was something similar I did like uh, we literally actually got Bruno more or less straight away because my dad couldn't didn't want to be without a dog and the story I told her was that like Coco had gone but she sent Bruno to actually watch over her so it, it's something that, like, I suppose was a nice little story to tell, like, a, such a young child who probably didn't understand the loss and, and what would actually, like, what actually happened.
2: Yeah. And on that, Dara, like, somebody said to me recently, Dara, that the beauty about having a pet, one of them, you know, obviously we know they did the benefits to your mental health, your physical health, and just the quality of your life, but somebody made a very interesting point to me recently, and they said that it gets young young people very conscious of the transient to life and coming to terms with that from a young age and it's kind of the first time i really thought about it like that you know it wouldn't be the first thing that would spring to my mind you know in having a pet as, as being beneficial in that sense but it does i suppose in a way it does expose you to to grief to loss to you know coping with that to you know continuing on the different phases that come as we said earlier as well and you know, it certainly does prepare people. And from a lot of people we would see coming to us, you know, who have lost pets in the past, they would always say that going through that experience. A sad- as it was did prepare them for other events you know with loss and tragedy in life as well and particularly you know with further pets as well so again it's that emotional roller coaster it brings you through as well you take learnings from it and it does i think over time change and it does help people
0: absolutely and marcus i'm gonna put the next question to you there for sam The question is: I feel like I haven't let go. My dog died six months ago. How do you say goodbye?
1: Well, um, Dara, I think that it's very difficult to say goodbye, especially when, like I said before, I mean a pet, an animal. uh, It's like you know your your companion. You know, you spend so much time with it. You know, your days routine are sometimes uh, evolved around your pet. So, I mean, losing a pet is obviously a shock to the system. Like uh, Tim said, Uh, I think I think it's very hard to let go. I think it is a process of uh, i think it is something that like the grieving process it's something that you have to do anyway with the leaving process the grieving process excuse me um saying goodbye i mean walking through like you know maybe if you walk your dog through a park that you used to walk too often walking through there thinking about him uh thinking about the good times you had uh it's a very hard question uh because i mean you know Everybody's different. Some people can say goodbye like that, and other people take time, takes years. So um, I think just thinking about the good times, um, remembering him or her for you know the good times they gave you. I think that's the best you can do.
0: Yeah, uh, I definitely be in, in agreement with that myself. Like everybody is different. Some people like, and I hate to say this, but for some people, a dog is just a dog. Like it's just literally a case of that's it. But for others, then, like, uh, like, a lot of, like, say, dog people, I like, know their dog is, like, their child. Uh, Tim, what would you be your thoughts?
2: Certainly, Daria. Um, What I like, personally, is, you know, I always like having some memories dotted around the place because I'm never going to forget my dog when, when I put it you know, and I, I never have. So I'd always even put a little thing in a clearing or we'd have something around. And certainly with ashes as well, I love the idea of having a urn with the ashes in it and, A friend told me recently, when they moved to the U.S., their dog had died four years previously, and they sent a picture of their new house. They were in Arizona. And right up in the mantelpiece, there was a little urn. and I said, you know, I could see it on the Zoom call, and I said, what's that? And they brought me through the whole storyline, and they said, isn't that the beauty, you know, that the little puppy, uh, unfortunately, died at quite a young age, is still with us. So that was nice, and they never really just said, okay, well, we'll draw a line and we forget about our, our puppy, they went through the different stages of grief, but the puppy was always with them. And it was a very visual thing for those people as well. I'd be the same type of person that would say, okay, that even six months on, even sooner, I'd start putting little memories around the place, um, little visuals as well. And, you know, you don't have to draw a line and say, okay, this is it. You know, we to forget about our dog and move on. You know, you can just Go and with it and whatever's comfortable for you because it's a very personal bond with your pet. It's as you said, it's different for everyone. So again, there's no hard and fast rule, but that's how I would certainly see it as a kind of a transitional process over time.
0: Very good, Tim. And um, the final question here. Uh how long, Tim? Uh, I like I suppose this is a very another uh, very difficult question. Um, but I'm gonna point to you Uh how long do you uh should you wait to get another dog tim i'm gonna come to you on that one first
2: yeah there are, and it's something that we get asked quite a lot as well and what i what i always would say is that you know when you lose a pet your initial reaction in is grief so you sometimes people actually don't shock and i suppose to such an extent that you've you might have seen recently that there was a call for people to be you know offered at least one day of leave from work by you know law essentially, after their pet has died, such as the grief that people do experience. So considering that, you know, you've got to acknowledge that you're going to go into a period of shock, you know, extreme grief over time as well. So therefore, you don't want to make any immediate decision. So I would always say, give it at least weeks, even months, is what I, I would generally advise people, until your very acceptance. So you've gone from that immediate shock and grief into the acceptance period as i said previously and that usually takes months for people and then you can rationally sit down and say okay i'm accepting that my previous dog has passed on to another life now do i actually want to get another dog you know not as a replacement or a surrogate because it's going to be a different character it'll be a different individual entirely but i do actually want another dog and If you are thinking rationally like that and that's what you do want, absolutely, you go ahead and you safely source another pet. And if you don't want one, that's absolutely fine as well. You know, you've done what you think was best and you just can't accept to have another pet in your life. But a couple of months there is what I would certainly advise people.
0: Marcus? Marcus?
1: Yeah, I have to agree with Tim 100%. Um, I feel like making uh, decisions in such a moment, once you did lose your pet, it's not the best idea. Um, I think you need to have time. Uh, As Tim puts it, the acceptance phase. Um, I think you do need to be in that phase, which could take months, sometimes years for some people. Um, So uh, I definitely think that it definitely needs to be a while. I think you need to give it some thought, uh, because obviously no two dogs are the same. So... You know, you might be hoping to get a new dog that will replace your old but that's not how it works. Um so yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know what, just to weigh in on that myself, um, like I've been agreement with me both we uh in our case when after Coco actually passed away, my dad, like as I said, like dad used to take her for walks and everything and used to just love the companionship during the day with her. So what Dad actually did was the following day he actually it, like didn't even wait a week or two weeks. He yeah, actually went funny. and he uh got Bruno the following day. He drove up to um I think it was up near Loch Ray that he got him. Yeah. Uh from a really nice family up there. He got to meet both the parents of the dogs, which Tim from being with Pep on is like uh for yourself, you'd agree yeah. is always important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it, it's weird because for me the first I suppose few days especially yeah. I found it very hard. To bond with Bruno because I I was still grieving, and it actually happened, but probably a closer a week later. Bruno was only uh, what was he ten weeks old I think, and he decided he was going to be adventurous, and he jumped off the couch, and yeah. he landed right down on top of his leg. So I was like, this was early in the morning. I was still in bed, and all of a sudden I just hear the yelping coming from there from the sitting room. So. That was actually for me I think even then like I started to bond with him then I literally just took him into my arms like and luckily nothing was broken. He was in a bit of a sling for a few days. But he was up and about in no time but it taught him not to jump off the couch again. But I think for me, like that's that's when we started bonding and like it is yeah. different for everyone, but like I never saw him man a place from for Coco. But my life is like it wouldn't be what it's like now without my dogs and I can tell you that much. Yeah.
2: And it's so true, Gary. Like what a as well. You're saying your dad, you know, he got a dog to the offer, and you know, people, you know, should understand that that bond you have with your pet. Like even though it's the companionship, but there's a chemical reason for that as well. Because your dad associated, you know, his dog with walking, uh, physical exercise, mentally happy as well. So he's getting all the oxytocins. He's getting serotonin. He's getting all the good chemicals released into his body from his brain and you know, that almost becomes addictive, just like any other positive stimulus is to humans. So if you take away something positive like that and your body and your physiology has adapted over time to that, it's one going to get it again as soon as it can. So some people are ready to go, as you rightly said, that your dad was, to go and get another dog. And, you know, then he's able to bond with it very closely and that whole process continues on. So that's where, again, we're different as individuals. Whereas one person could take months, one person could be one day, and that's just the beauty of, of, of people with pets. Everybody's so different, and we're all looking for the same thing at the same time.
0: Exactly, and like you mentioned there, the serotonin, the oxytocin, like the the feel good chemicals, there, they're very important, obviously, for our mental health. And like that's why dogs themselves are like so important for our mental health and our happiness. Yeah,
2: more so than more so than ever, diary, you know, you see all the publications coming out recently showing, there was one last week there, it's an American institute that we work very closely with, and it's showing the reduction in blood pressure, reduction in the heart rate of people as well, reducing the incidence of depression, you know, more so than any single drug that has been discovered, you know, even in placebo trials with different control medications. This is fairly astounding stuff when you really quantify it and you can measure the benefits of what a dog will bring to people and i think it's fantastic to see it being done in that fashion
0: absolutely and i'm actually just looking at an article here that uh, the irish Times set up during the week and new research uh, new dog dna research finds that they behave age and mellow like we do uh researchers in vienna have found that dogs personalities change over time and they mellow in the same way that humans do and the most intriguing part is that, like people, some dogs are just born old, which is say relatively steady and mature, uh, and the kind of popped it. Uh, seems ready for uh Mister roger's Skelton.
2: Uh, in reality, even if pets are just you know in many ways they're kind of mirror images of humans in many aspects. So they're it's very interesting research.
0: And I suppose one thing on a I suppose on a happy note, uh, like. Uh, I want to kinda of touch on. It's actually something I meant to touch on last week with the US election wrapping up last week. It's just so fantastic to see uh Joe Biden and he has his two dogs major and champ and it would be the first uh, rescue dog to ever uh, be in the White House.
1: Well I did hear I did hear that um that Trump was the only pre- the first president I think over a hundred years or something like that to be in the office without any pets
0: yeah so i believe and i'm looking at images here like joe Biden. he seems to be such a his family seem to be like a real uh, dog kind of family so it, it's yeah. great to see that we'll have the a first dog again
2: yeah. that's brilliant Gary. i mean you even see pictures coming out during the week um it's just a game if you want to build that connection and building you know the bond between pets and humans and the normality around it and you know again i suppose It's back. It's creating that kind of symbiotic, peaceful relationship that pets bring to people. And it's just going to bring down the temperature, you know, right across different sectors of society straight away. That's what pets do. You know, they don't discriminate against people, religions, races, creeds, anything. They're there for everybody. And that's the beauty about this, you know, being present again. So I think it's very good to see. um, And certainly, you know, as I said, if every president had a couple of dogs, I think we, we would be in a good place as societies.
0: Yeah, and, like, you even look at our, our own person look at Michael D, like, and how sad it was to see, like, when we talked about loss, to see the loss of uh show there, there uh, a couple of mo- a few months back, and, like, a dog that, like, was everywhere, and a dog that constantly interrupted uh, state functions, <laughs> and just, yeah, really yeah. Belly rub. Just it, yeah. it shows you, like, at that high level, even, like, do there, there people do, and that they bond with, they bond with, like, animals the same way everyone else does? They do, Darren, that's it, it? They,
2: they just connect people regardless of your status in society or who you are at the end of the day we're all just people you know regardless of what we think in our own heads or what we think other people think of us and dogs bring you back down to reality very very quickly and that's a good thing that's that's, that's certainly society needs more and more
0: they let you know who's boss anyway we'll tell you that much <laughs> okay so wanna move one uh we're nearly out of time for the show um just to give a Bit more details. I've spoken about this the last two weeks and want to give a quick reminder again. All I Woof for Christmas is coming up. Uh, on the 29th of November, it's a business showcase where we're featuring the top products from Irish pet business all to raise funds for four amazing charities. We have live entertainment and a huge raffle. There'll be product demonstrations. Uh, we have a good few bands lined up for this as well. And I'm delighted to confirm. I confirmed this during the week uh, on... Instagram but uh, say it again our four charities are the search and rescue dogs Association of Ireland, uh, Limerick Animal Welfare in Kilfinnan in County Limerick Modra in Galway and you have Dogs Aid Animal Sanctuary in Dublin so we are absolutely delighted to have those four charities on board on the 13th of December we have the big man in the red suit in the house. All the way from. To not Paul himself. Uh, we have Santa Paws himself. He'll be reading out letters. That have been sent in by owners. On behalf of our dogs. On the live show. We'll have another bit of live music. A few uh, Christmas songs on air. With some very talented musicians. Joining us virtually. And um, we'll have more prizes. To be given away as well. So we've already seen a huge interest. In the all over for Christmas. And in the Santa Paws. Uh, show that we're actually doing Santa Paul's virtual visits on the 12th and 13th of December tickets for that are available for 8 euro for one dog or 12 euro for two or more dogs and those are available as well as the raffle tickets for all over for Christmas uh, right now head on over to christmas.thebigbark.ie and then on the 20th of December we'll be wrapping things up with some Christmas entertainment live music and we'll be inviting back some of our guests as well from the season lads would love to have you on
2: Thank you. Much.
0: and yeah. Tim I believe you are on with us uh, I believe is it the 6th of December we have you pencil sorry. in yeah looking forward we'll be, be, be talking good. all about why a dog is for life and not just for Christmas on that episode so a lot of stuff to come in our festive season and I think we'll leave it at that for today guys look um, thanks to everyone for listening and for tuning in uh, Marcus thanks for joining me and Dr. Tim Corby of Pepon.ie thank you again for joining me thank you. and thanks to everyone who sent in their questions and thanks to Marcus and Tim for doing the Q&A as well there so join us next year when, or next week rather uh, when we'll be chatting all about uh, canine nutrition we have a brand new guest we have a uh guy called ross i don't have ross's second name in front of me but he makes uh, pet treats and pet food and he is a uh, canine nutritionist himself and we'll be taking questions on pet nutrition next week so until then make sure you subscribe to the podcast on itunes or spotify so you never miss an episode we're on patreon now so if you joined if you enjoyed this episode head on over and support us by becoming a patron of the show 20% 20% of your uh, Patreon donation will go to our Animal Welfare Fund to be distributed across Animal Welfare Charities across Ireland. Check us out on our social media channels. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And you'll find all the links in our bio. I no, our actually, uh, might need to give you the links there, find you. You'll find them all on thebigbark.ie anyway. Well, from all of us here, have a safe and a Barking Mad Week and we will chat to you all next episode. Thanks, guys. Cheers. The Big Bark. Listen up, dog owners. It's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark. With your host, Dara Burke and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark.